Season 6 Episode 5 I didn't actually take down the name of this one I've got here, just I'll hold this up to you Season 6 Episode 5 What? Of Pugs In the key Of Springfield It's called Starship Bob Roberts Fuck, I, I keep forgetting that we have to do that I get so caught up in my sex that I forget yeah, that we it's... actually have a Episode 64 of Pods. Are you going to do that all season? <laughs> yes, I told you I, I told you I am. God damn it. Um, of Pods. In the key, oh, Springfield. Season 6, episode 5. Okay, we've said Sideshow. <laughs> well established. Sideshow Bob Roberts. Bob Roberts, which is a parody of some movie that I've never seen with Tim Robbins in it, I think. Sideshow Tim Robbins. Yeah. So this is an episode about a corrupt entertainer slash criminal who uh, rises up in the Republican Party through, you know, some nefarious means. You know, it's pretty annoying because so often with these 90s Simpsons episodes, there are, you know, clear parallels to modern society. Yeah. This one's a real brain scratcher. Oh, yeah, this one's unrealistic, frankly, to see an entertainer become mayor of a city. Yeah, I really couldn't get my head around it. Someone What's that- next? A cunt as president? <laughs> Keeping the tradition of only using <laughs> a that pathetic, word. worthless cunt. <laughs> Keeping the tradition of only using that word against one Donald J. I think I did use it in someone else. No, recently you, on the show, you bleeped it because it wasn't. <laughs> did it, I? Yeah, I thought I, I did. No, that was when I referred to a character in the show. Ah, oh, I feel okay. like real people. I feel more comfortable. No, oh. <laughs> depending on who they are. <laughs> that's curious. I mean, it's Donald Trump. He's not really a person. No, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. I know it's sort of like it's been going for a while and it's going to be going for a while longer. But do you still sometimes just like, does it hit you like anew that Donald Trump is the president? Um, with like a sense of like awe and confusion and anger? Yeah, it. Th- there are definite points where you just go, oh, fuck, really? Oh. A real sense of like, is that still happening? Is that mm. still going? Hasn't someone put a stop to that point? And he's probably going to get re-elected, I mean, and then, at this point. It's so strange to look back pre-election, and there were so many people going, oh, it's all right, he'll get three weeks in and get bored of the job and leave. It's like, I don't think he will. Yeah, there's, that doesn't typically happen. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah, so, you know, this episode has a bit of a weird vibe to it now, in the Monday, 2019. Also a bit of a weird vibe, because for the first, like, half of this episode, I... Well, you and I were both eating big bowls of ravioli. And yeah. I don't know about you, but I took barely any notes. I took some notes. <laughs> you would few of them. There was a good ravioli, I thought. It was pretty nice. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. What was it? It was pumpkin and something? It was pumpkin and brown onion ravioli, I think. Good. With a very spicy tomato sauce. Now, something that the, the Simpsons will occasionally do is they'll, if they ever get Homer involved in any sort of political movement, they always make him like a right-wing conservative, and it always upsets me a little bit. Mm. I, I don't know. like I feel like there's a lot of cartoon dads who are conservative, and Homer is one of them. It upsets yeah. me a little bit. I want to be on Homer's side. I mm. like Homer. But at the start, where he's listening to uh, Birch Barlow, and throughout the episode, he votes for Bob, and there's some stuff going on. It upsets me. I don't like it that Homer's a conservative. Yeah, there's some upsetting stuff going on for sure. Um, 
The very obvious explanation is that it's meant to be a satire about how no one in the writing staff liked their dad. Sure. Um, and they, they thought their dad was too uh, stuffy and conservative, and so that's that's that. But it is annoying because, you know, I don't think Homer would be that conservative. Do you know anything about mayoral candidacy? Because I don't. Not a clue. No. Because I'm thinking, one well, of my first thoughts in this episode is that surely Quimby is a Republican, right? I mean, hasn't it been made pretty clear previously that he is? It has I, to be. I don't, like, yeah. They never come out and say, like, in this episode, but I'm pretty sure, like, thank you, PlayStation. Thank you, PlayStation. And, I'm pretty sure in other episodes you see him at the Republican Party convention hall and the... Yeah. The big castle, and I feel like Maybe he's just not Republican. He enough. obviously holds like relatively conservative values <laughs> because when um, what's her name, Mary J. Blige, yeah, no. Mary J. Blige, um, Mary Jo Blige Hannaford. What was the name of the of the candidate Lisa supported? Uh, the one where it's like when Mr. Burns is running. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on in that episode though. That doesn't fit the canon, I suppose. Oh yeah, because it's. But but because uh, I don't think did they have Quimby at that point? Was he a character on the show? I don't remember. Did he somehow win that election in season two? Maybe. Huh. But I, but then I, they also say he's like a six-term mayor in this one. Yeah, so. I feel like in that one it's very clear that Mary whatever Mary Worth. Yes. No. No. That's no. The, that's, that's the phone. The, that's the phone. Uh, whatever. But who it is phone? Um, Mary Worth. So, but they make that very clear that that's the Democrat because that's the one that Lisa puts her support behind. Um, Lisa and Marge. Lisa and Marge. Yeah. So yeah, but that's not against uh, Mayor Quimby. So we can't but really can draw you have a line like there. Two front runners in a mayoral campaign who are both right wing. Is that not? That might be just like a thing that happens. It might be a thing that happens. This is like a segment of like political active action that I know nothing about. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like being mayor. Like what do you actually get to do as the mayor of a town? See. I don't know what it is in America. In yeah. in South Australia, it's it's you do have some decision making power, but it tends to be like what night is bin night. Well, uh, it also you know, feels almost symbolic in some ways. Like there are some towns where like a dog is the man. It <laughs> feels very symbolic. But I wonder if because in Adelaide or in South Australia, I don't think. I mean, yes, you can have left leaning mayors and you can have conservative mayors, but. I don't think it's tied to the political party system in the same way that this episode of The Simpsons makes it clear that it is in America. Also, like, they're not really in a position to, like, enact, like, political change, are they, in any real... Like, you know, I don't think the mayor has the power to send Bart back to kindergarten. No. Yeah. Not as far as I'm aware. I feel like it's largely, like, they have economic decisions over, like, the town's economy... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. But then, I mean, you know, so much of the money that gets spent in a town now is controlled by state or federal governments anyway. Yeah. But uh, who knows? It's all just a big fucking mystery. Well, if any of our listeners are mayors, uh, whether that means that you are the mayor of a city or you are a horse, if you could write in and let us know, especially if you're a horse, actually, we'd love to hear from you. Yep. We'd love to hear what you thought of Lisa's pony. Um, or well, like that, um, that one with all the jockeys. But if you're a if you're a horse that doesn't exist during daylight hours, then I don't want to hear about you because that's a little scary. If you're a nightmare, oh, a nightmare. I was thinking you're going for like wear horse. I know that's someone who would only be a horse at night. Oh, hmm. All right. So I had to take a moment. My throat was a little a horse. Anyway, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Now when. 
when Lisa and Homer, her dad Homer, yes. he's, the, he's the dad on the show. He's the dad boy. Um, when they're in the car... And Lisa's briefly driving, so she gets to listen to the. She gets to pick the radio station. Yeah. Do you think it was worth paying for Saint Elmo's Fire for that gag? The thing I find really interesting about that now is obviously we're looking at like, you know this is what still kind of early to mid nineties, and that yeah. probably would have been the music that someone who was Lisa's age liked. But now you listen to it and you go, "Oh my god, why has Lisa put like the adult classic station yeah. on?" <laughs> Because music doesn't sound like that anymore. Yeah, and that song's from the eighties, doesn't it? Saying Elmo's Fire. Yeah, so it's even so it's old even for Lisa to like. Yeah. Um, then, I don't know. It's very interesting. That's the kind of music like a Yardley Smith might have been into. Yardley. Yes. Yep. So that's strange. Uh, yeah, this is an odd episode. I don't know. Didn't laugh a lot at it because I feel like there's a lot of stuff I like in this episode but the real world is just uh, in a state where an episode like this is less funny than it might have been I agree yes it um, yeah very interesting episode to digest and also Kelsey Grammer oh. I'm not 100% sure on this but isn't he like actually conservative doesn't he have conservative views and values oh isn't he part of like some Hollywood group called like the Friends of Lincoln or something some ultra conservative cream of the crop, um, uh, cream of the crop. Uh, Friends of Lincoln. I I I reckon. Um, I reckon. Are they one of those groups? Like, oh, did you know Lincoln was actually a Republican? Huh? I reckon Dave's talked about it in the. In the what? Who's Dave? To um. Oh, okay. Dollop. Okay. Yeah, for, Dave from the dollop. Okay, so there are two headlines here. Uh, when you search Kelsey Grammer politics and it says Kelsey Grammer reveals that he's pro-Trump and pro-Brexit. Yeah. And then the next he- headline is Kelsey Grammer reaffirms support for Donald Trump, quote, in terms of policy. Well, the policy is uh, the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it makes you think, like, this is a bit of a strange performance in that light. Like, he would have been conservative then at the time, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Very wealthy man, made a lot of money in the 90s. That is interesting. But he, he, I mean, he sells it fairly well. Yeah, because this episode is inherently anti-Republican. Kelsey Grammer supported the Tea Party movement. Wasn't that the bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> One of the bad things. <laughs> yeah, so Kelsey Grammer is like a big Hollywood conservative. Mm. Pro-life. Yeah, this is all very good. This is all good stuff. Far out. Okay. Yeah, they should have made the water cooler the mayor. You know, the I, the... I really enjoy the polite applause when yeah. open the door and everyone's like, oh, well, it this, bubbles. Is, this is this is pretty good. Um, that's always my meaning. That feels relatively true to life. Yeah. In a, in a way. Does it? <laughs> I don't know. They just like... I mean, the Republican Party basically just like throws their support behind whoever whoever's at the top, regardless of whether they're a big piece of shit or not. Hmm. Hmm. This episode's depressing. <laughs> it is. It's very depressing. We have to find something to do. We have to find some sort of fun angle here, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I enjoyed... Or maybe we don't. Maybe we just need to confront the depressing aspects of this episode. I enjoyed that the pills are labelled extra drowsy formula, but I'm jumping a long <laughs> way ahead. jumping very far ahead. I just wanted to look for something that I enjoy. Why is Dr. Hibbert a Republican? That's an interesting one. Yeah. Were, they, were they just going for like a subset of people that are presumably... Rich and powerful. But wouldn't it make more sense to like make Dr. Nick a Republican in that case? If you're going to make one of the doctors a Republican? Hmm. You got- I mean, Dr. Nick is the punching bag. Yeah. Is absolutely the punching bag. But 
And you know what? I was going to... Yeah, because Dr. Nick is obviously the the, the tearaway of the two Doctors, the one who's much uh, less concerned with regulation and stuff like that. Yeah. And actually, the Republican obsession with personal freedom probably does lean a lot closer towards Dr. Nick being completely unregulated. Yeah, and of course, uh, Dr. Hibbert is based on uh, Bill Cosby. And look, I haven't been following the news lately, but my understanding is... Wait Good a minute, my phone's buzzing. Oh, no. Okay, well... Maybe it makes sense then that he's a member of the Republican Party. In that joke, what happened on your phone just then? Because this stuff was several years ago. Have you got some kind of time capsule app on your phone? Because I've got some bad news about several prominent Hollywood people. I've got an app that just like if it hears me say like certain words... It will just pop up saying, oh, no, 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 James, um, oh, like, sit, sit down for a moment. So it's kind of like woke Siri. <laughs> that would be great. That would actually be really handy. So you should definitely invent that app, just if you're saying something that uh, is a bad idea, like you're sitting around like, ah, oh, you know, LA Confidential, I just like Kevin Space was, oh, what's this? Oh, okay. Oh, I've got, a, I've got an app from uh, Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Problematic, that's the... Except it'd be like... P R B L M T I C, like the the thing of apps not having vowels in them. Oh, okay, yes. Like you know, apps that don't have vowels in them. Nick, should we do this? Well, the thing is, people already have several devices that they choose to let always listen for keywords. Mm. All we've got to do is get that permission and just tweak it a little bit so that we're always listening for all words. Now, isn't the irony really that an app like that, that is constantly listening to you and monitoring every action, having some record of every problematic thing you say, wouldn't that in and of itself be problematic? Yes. Would the app constantly need to ping to let you know that you should not be using it? That seems like we're going to spend the we're going to send the app spinning into a kind of self-aware spiral. We've invented an rap Boris here, I think. Is that how you pronounce it? Well, it's uh, it's an app that is an Ouroboros. Oh, an Ouroboros. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm with you now. Oh, yeah, an app that is eating its own tail. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Much like the mighty serpent. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how, how mighty can you be? <laughs> I don't know, to eat yourself and survive? Yeah. There was like a video going around the other day of a snake that managed to successfully eat itself. Hmm. And I didn't watch it because I'm like, that's gross. But mm. I think the snake survived. Yeah, right. I don't know how, but... Somehow. Um, uh, I don't have any context for this at all. Look, controversial opinion, but snakes can get fucked. Yeah, not a fan of snakes. I don't like them. No. I don't like, I don't like asps. I don't like vipers. I don't like pythons. Okay, we're going snake by snake through the snake. (laughs) Brown snakes? Brown snakes can go fuck themselves. Uh, Um, alright, should we, should we see if there are any snake types that you like? No. Don't Google snakes. Snake type. I guess like the King Cobra is a pretty interesting snake. The White Cobra was a terrible album by um, list of snakes by common name. White Cobra definitely sounds like a bad album. Uh, yes, by Limp Bizkit. It was their comeback album from like a year ago. What about the Anaconda? Well, an Anaconda can't get none unless uh, once buns. How does that song go? My Anaconda don't want none, none unless you got, got buns hung. I thought it was sun. Fair enough. <laughs> Unless you got buns, what uh, a, son. What about the rufous-beaked snake? Rufous-beaked? Yeah. What kind of snake is that? Hang on. Let me... Oh, it just looks like a... It just looks like a glazed slithery boy. Are you bad with pictures? Because I won't show you pictures if you're bad with pictures. One slithery boy? No, show me the picture. 
Okay. As long this... as it's not like eating a vole or something. It's no, no, fine. no. That's the that's the rufous beaked snake. Uh, that snake can go fuck itself. I yeah. don't like it. Very grey and unimaginative. Piece of shit snake. Very unimaginative. Fucking yeah. asshole snake. There's a, there's a snake here in this list called the Bushmaster, which sounds more like a four-wheel drive. Ooh, Bushmaster. The South American Bushmaster. That's also a villain in Luke Cage. He looks all right. Oh, he does. He looks like a cuddly boy. Kind of a little cuddly slither boy. <laughs> I follow someone on Instagram who has a pet snake and she'll often just like, she put one up the other day and the snake was literally around her neck and she's like, this is fine. And then the next snap was like, oh, he's starting to constrict. I'm like, maybe get him off your neck. (laughs) The Arizona coral snake. Will that look as pretty as it? This is, this might be a Simpsons reference, actually. You've discovered a pretty snake? Well, it's a snake that looks similar to the snake in Homer's um, hallucination. When he has the ah, yeah. the Guatemalan insanity pepper. Yeah, that's a fun snake. Yeah. Yes. Oh, coffee machines. Coffee, up. coffee machines firing up. Um, I do enjoy how many inanimate objects form part of this thing. Anyway, that's probably enough of snake chat. <laughs> At one point, Bart is listening to. He turns on the radio because he's told his enemy is on there. His enemy being Sergio Bob. Yeah. And uh, Doctor Demento is on the air. Sure. Who is Doctor Demento? Is he? One of Colossus's underlings, do you think? Oh, fuck. He seems a bit more out in the open. Bart seems a bit more aware of him. Um, Yeah, Dr. Demento is a real American radio broadcaster. Yeah, I thought he might be. Yeah, by the name of Barry Hansen, apparently. Mm. He doesn't look that... He doesn't look that demento. He's just holding, like, a couple of air horns. There's only one kind of Hansen I like to hear on the radio. And that's uh, Pauline Hansen being uh, going to jail. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Remember when Pauline Hanson went to prison? Yeah, that she, was... like went to prison and was like, "Good fuck her," and then she got out and like reestablished herself as a politician. Yeah, and she was given far too much airtime by Australian free-to-air TV, which humanized her. What the fuck have we done? Why? Why are things the way they are? You know, obviously, I'm not going to have the eloquence of any of these points, but it is an astonishing feeling. To see that the way the majority of the world appears to be turning Mm. and go, I thought we were winning this. Yeah. Like, I thought things were finally on the road to getting better. And while there are lots of things that are still going well and that's good, the general shift that the world appears to be making, it's just like, what happened there? It's very distressing. Mm. Mm. It's not good. Anyway. When uh when the kids uh, uh you know they they're like there's the whole debate thing at the school the weird little debate thing oh, the sorry. media opportunity sorry so, so so we're back in the in the Simpsons I yes. thought for a moment you were gonna say something like when the kids have to fight each other for drinkable water <laughs> um you know in kind of twenty years time Hunger Games four. Uh, is Matthew McConaughey in any of the Hunger Games movies? Don't think so. Yeah. Okay. No, Philip Seymour Hoffman is though. Glad I checked. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, what does he do? He was the best actor. The best. And then he died. Huh. Yeah. Because he was hungry. No. Oh. <laughs> um, kids at the school? Uh, yeah, they, uh, they're gallivanting around. They're like, you know, bebopping and scatting all over the mare. I don't recall much scatting. Heaps, and, of, heaps of bebopping. Yeah, and they say uh, that uh, Uncle Quimby was just telling us that us kids are the most important resource he has. And uh, uh, Brockman says, uh, more valuable than coal? Mm. They got me thinking about ScoMo. 
Do you think ScoMo, our current Prime Minister, a local cunt, Scott Morrison, do you think that he values... Actually, it's not even a question. He does value coal above children's lives. That is a proven fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's distressing. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Especially if the children are on one of our offshore detention... Uh, yeah. Processing If they are trying to flee a bad situation... Mm. What have we done... <laughs> I mean, it's it's just so good that you know you, that the United Nations Human Rights Council has, on multiple occasions, said that the way that we treat asylum seekers is torture. Yeah, and it's great that my fucking tax dollars gets put towards it. It's so good. Yeah, oh, I just love the state of the world at the moment. Anyway, this episode's fucking joyful, isn't it? I feel it? like I've met too many people over the last like this didn't used to happen to me so much, but it feels like people are more open about having conservative views lately than they used to be as well. Mm-hmm. Like definitely a lot of like family members mm-hmm. and then just like other people I meet, like people just seem a bit more comfortable like being open mm-hmm. about being pieces of shit. And to be clear, you the listener, if you vote for Trump, if you vote for the Liberal Party, you are a bad person. That is how I feel about this. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. And I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not good. Yeah. It's just not good. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, uh, what else happens in this episode? The whole Riverdale thing. That's fun. Oh, that's, <laughs> I've always loved that. Um, the Stay Out of Riverdale. It's a strange little runner, and I like it a lot. Yeah, it's good. Yes. It's great. Um, I suppose it leads the question of, has the omelette taken another flip where we've now brought in some of the Archer universe? I mean, that makes a certain sense. I feel like comics have a real, like, omelette thing going already where they're just constantly crossing over with each other i see um yeah i think it's like in in the like 20 years since this episode or 25 years since this episode aired archie has gone like a lot sexier there's been a whole like sexy revolution in archie wasn't that that uh, wasn't there a netflix show called riverdale that was all sexy yeah riverdale riverdale's still going uh that's on the cw in the u.s but it's a netflix thing in australia just to explain to our majority american listenership um the cw is the children's television workshop the people that make uh sesame street (laughs) yeah sure excellent um yeah so riverdale is part of Sexy Archie, but like the comics did a whole reboot as well. Yeah, I think right. Fiona Staples is doing the art on it. She's great. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know who that is. It doesn't matter. I'm just okay. saying names so people are like, oh, I know them. Fiona Staples is a wonderful Rove McManus name. Fiona Staples. Mm, I bet she does. I forget who the author was. Maybe it was Matt Fracton. I don't think it was Matt Fracton. It was someone else. <sighs> it was a Jimmy Hole Punch. Maybe it was Mark Wade. I don't know. It was some guy. Mark Wade, another verb for a surname. That's good. Uh, Chip Zadusky. I don't know how to pronounce his surname. He was doing a Jughead comic for a while that was very good. Chip Zadusky. Surname, uh, uh, verb for the first name, not for the surname. Interesting. I, know, I follow him on Twitter. He's good. It's so Archie. Archie Comics. Wallow Stevens. Uh, Stan of Riverdale. Wallow yes. Stevens. Wallow Stevens. <laughs> I was just trying to think of more names with verbs in the. I was saying before we recorded this episode and got all depressed, um, I really like how terrible Mayor Quimby's mayoral song is. Oh, the song. Because there is, like, a subtle escalation 
of how awful the lyrics are. That's a really good point. It's so, like, you know, without our man Quimby, this town would really stink. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so he's good. That's all right. We wouldn't have our tie yard or our mid-size roller rink. Mid-size. Okay, neither of those are particularly impressive. Mid-size We wouldn't rink. have our gallows or our shiny Bigfoot traps. Mm-hmm. Both bad. Mm-hmm. There's no Bigfoot. Uh, we shouldn't have gallows. And then finally, it's not the mayor's fault that the stadium collapsed. Very... And then that's such a funny last line, just ending on like, well, I mean, this bad thing is not his problem. And also the way he's just like standing there looking, looking sadly at the camera with a collapsed stadium behind him. Like, yeah. why would you go out there to film just that? in shrugs. Also, what we can see of the stadium that's left, it is definitely like, it's not just a, a, a one-off gag. That's actually the stadium where they play baseball. And, yeah. And, and it, it gets rebuilt in later seasons, I think. And so... Is the stadium collapse? It, it's it's not Mayor Quimby's fault. It's simply a function of the economic crisis, the economic downturn from five or six years ago when presumably it was built, and now it's collapsed, and then it gets rebuilt because the economic crisis is no longer present. Hmm, maybe it was that uh, that one builder from the uh, Do As You Say festival. Oh, Do As You Feel. The Do As You Feel. Yeah. yeah, the one who didn't feel like you know finishing the Ferris wheel. Um. Yes, him. Yes. No, the one that didn't double bolt the grandstand. When they cover Millpool in the stickers, and Jimbo yes. uh, exclaims, all right, the mummy's ready for his mystical journey. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It's just kind of funny. And he says it with such exuberance. He's waving, all right. He's waving his arms. Waving is his, he high? Waving his little arms in the little, in the little air. I've also always liked... Him saying, uh, I love Grimby. Grimby. Taking the stickers. That's very good. Grimby's a good fake name. A good, like, I love Grimby is a good, like, yeah, I don't really care about this conversation line, I think. I love Grimby. Um, good sign work when they're going to a multi-story car park to meet Smithers, and this car park is called the Pay and Park and Pay. <laughs> very good. That is good. Cross that out. Uh, why are Bud and Lisa put in charge of Mayor Quimby's campaign? That's like a thing that just sort of happens in this episode in the background. Yeah, I, I, I simply don't know. <laughs> like, surely... Like, you never are... really see them, like, doing the work. You just see, like, they're backstage with Quimby giving him pills. Surely there are people more competent than these two. Yeah. They're children, Nick. They're children, Little Jones. baby boys and girls. Um, and, and the thing is... Is Maggie in this episode? I don't know. Okay. It very easily could have been remedied. Like, sorry, our concern could easily have been remedied with just a single line of, like, can we help with the campaign? Well, yeah, I guess so. You, you can't be any worse than the idiots I've currently got. And then that's it. That, that's an explanation for why they're doing it. Yeah, hey, you're, uh, As I cur- are, I guess so. I am our uh, Matt Quimby. As it currently turns out, they're handing him a handful of pills yeah. be- <laughs> before a live televised debate. Like, my opinion, you shouldn't trust children... With pills. Yeah, to give you pills. Yeah. Your pill intake should not be based on what children are giving you. You also shouldn't give children pills. You run the very serious risk of overdosing and the rest of the series being a death dream. Exactly. You don't want that. No. That's played out at this point. Um, There's a line that Lisa says. Yes. Or maybe it's Bart that says it. Well, think, does the line contain, I'm Bart or I'm Lisa? That's how you know. I, well, the quote that I've written down doesn't contain either of them. And so what I've done Sloppy. there is miss the key words. But if I was in America, I would definitely get a t-shirt made that says, the dead have risen and they're voting Republican. That was Bart. That was Bart. Yeah. Uh, 
doesn't make any sense to wear that shirt in Australia because we don't have a Republican Party. But I really enjoy that slogan. Yeah. It is good. I'd wear that if I was in America. Maybe I'll make one and put it on Redbubble and our American listeners cannot buy it in the same way that they haven't <laughs> bought my real Melvin shirt. Well, the shirt you're wearing right now says, uh, never trust a bad bitch who is a Sagittarius and works as a lawyer. <laughs> it's a lawyer thing. You probably wouldn't <laughs> yeah. get it. Man, I think we've talked before about... Facebook targeted shirts, but they're just so good. Yeah. Oh man. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Don't mess with a guy who had a sandwich for lunch and owns an iPhone 8. <laughs> In rose gold. Ah. Uh, now when so uh, Quimby fucks off and Sideshow Bob becomes the mayor. And immediately he says about building the Matlock Expressway and the Simpsons house is in the demolishment path. He progresses demolishment the, path. That's not a phrase, anyway. He progresses the freeway astonish or the expressway astonishingly, <laughs> astonishingly yeah. quickly. Yes, it goes from not being a thing to being mostly constructed. Yeah, um, before they've even cleared the path for it. Something I feel like the mayor does not have sole power over, but whatever. Absolutely not. What I thought was nice, and this is just me clinging to something here, when Homer wakes up to all the rumbling, he thinks the rapture is happening, mm. his very first thought is to look after Bart. He says something like, you know, we gotta we gotta get to the boy, or, you know. No, so, I, no I think it's the opposite. <laughs> he's trying to get away from Bart, you think? Yeah, he says, get Bart out of the house before God arrives. <laughs> As in, we want the house to be saved and it won't be if Bart's in the house. Oh, I've always interpreted that as like, oh, Bart's in real trouble if the rapture happens. Uh, no, it's it's throwing Bart out as a sacrificial lamb. I, guess I was about to say, cross that note I was about to say a sacrificial wolf, which is fun. But no, uh, yeah, Bart's I'm a little... I'm just trying to take some joy from oh. what is happening here. Yeah, that's fair. I do like the Flintstone phone that Bart gets to play with later. I would buy that toy. Yabba Dabba Do, I Like Talking to You? Yes. That, that should be... Oh, it's we, a living! We should do a spin-off series which is just us chatting about nothing in particular and we should call it eat, Pods in the Key of Springfield hyphen Eat My Shorts hyphen Yabba Dabba Do, I Like Talking to You. Isn't that already what the podcast is? Some yeah, weeks? yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm just trying to find some joy, James. Now, when... I've got a few notes here. American TV shows... I don't know if you have noticed this because you don't watch as many American TV shows as I do. Mm. They always treat elections of any kind, mm. of, like no matter what the position is, they always treat elections as like a huge deal. Yeah. And I feel like elections just often don't matter that much yeah, to like the general everyday person. I suppose it falls into the same category of... Because we've talked about snow before in The Simpsons. Yeah. And I think it falls into the same category of it would be unusual for um, an election to be a background, non-important element of a story. In the same way that in TV shows, it's unusual for snow to be a background element. Like, if it's snowing, something's going to happen with the snow. It Mm. would be phenomenally strange for just like three references to an election and then they get a new mayor and then nothing further happens to it they call because it, it is atypical they call it checking off snow if uh, if you see some snow in the first scene uh, a snowman must be struck with lightning and come to life by the third act i 
see. Yes, I see is exactly what snow is like, yes. <laughs> Fuck. That is one of the adjectives you might use to describe snow. That was very, very, very good. Thank you. Uh, what else have I got here? Is this the first, like, really... Is this the first time The Simpsons just comes right out and sort of says that Smithers is gay in this episode? Where he says, like, uh, yeah. Sojo Bob's ultra-conservative views... Uh, can, can conflict with my lifestyle choice. Yeah. Yep. Interesting to say the word choice, but whatever. Nineties. Nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon this is the the clearest sign we've got so far. And why does he not just tell them? Yeah. <laughs> like he says, like I can't tell you too much. I worked in the campaign. I can give you this clue that will point you towards here's it. Here's this one extremely blatant clue. Yeah. It would make more sense if. If his uh, identity was still hidden at that point. Yeah. Because you'd, you wouldn't want to draw too straight a line. But you're right. He's just being difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's just... They're just throwing it because the episode needs a plot, I guess. Yeah. The other thing... This is like a real genuine plot hole that bothers me now that I think about it. It's like deus ex plotina. Sideshow Bob gets 100% of the vote. Yes. Which means that he doesn't need to rig it with all of these dead people and animals. But I mean, or like if that is... Like, increasing the number of people who voted should not factor into his victory. If he had, you know, if he still rigged it so that every vote counts towards him, mm-hmm. fine. But, like, increasing the number of voters uh, would not have an impact. I think it will in, under the following circumstances. Okay. So they say 100% of the vote for Bob, 1% of the vote for Quimby. 1% margin of error. 1% margin of error. So... Because they know there's a one percent margin of error, if there if there were forty nine people voting for Quimby and fifty one people voting for Bob, one percent error might make it fifty fifty. But if you've got all of the town's deceased and all of the town's pets, then they're included in the vote count. It's going to skew it so that it's effectively even if eighteen thousand people voted for Quimby, hmm. if you've got Every person that ever lived inside the town, including some people that didn't like the famous musicians that died, um, uh, then uh, it works out to be effectively 100%. I mean, I get like I get that, but a few things. Sure. There's just no way that's going to work. Sure. If suddenly the population of the town has increased 100-fold. <laughs> yes, that's true. When they're looking at the votes, uh, which seem to just be available to the public. But also, like, it just seems like every single person voted for him. Yeah. Because Lisa goes over and doesn't see any sort of, you know, I don't know. Like, it just seems like everyone's voting for him. If he has rigged it, so that is the case. And it kind of seems like he has. Mm. There's no need to add additional people. I mean, it just seems like he didn't need to do that as part of his plan. Yeah, I guess so. It also seems like he would have just won anyway because he, like, effectively... Like, why did he even bother running a campaign? Yeah, I mean... If he was just going to rig the election. I mean, that's the... Yeah, that's the the weird part of all of this is that either he would have won because he was going to because of the campaign or he would have won because he's rigged the whole thing. Like, I mean, everything they show shows him very clearly in the lead. Mm-hmm. Like, he's winning every debate, he's, like, you know, winning every media appearance. Quimby's obviously... To, like, he was going to win. He was obviously going to win. Going to win. Just like, uh, you know, old Donald Trump in his election. Uh. Yeah. Didn't, I mean, you know, probably didn't need to rig it. Hmm. I don't know. This episode's an odd one. 
It is an odd one. I feel like it used to feel less strange than it does now, but... uh, Yeah, I agree. And then uh, uh, he gets tricked by a pair of children very easily. Yeah, I mean, I I like that turnaround. I like that they use his ego to get him. I like it because he gives a very good performance. He does. I like that he calls them slimy little bastards. Yes, and he's got a good shudder on bastards. Yes. Bastards. And I wish that Trump was this easy to trick. Although I feel like Trump could basically admit to some stuff now and it just wouldn't matter. The, the problem is there was, there was a thing he said before the election that was like, basically, I'm so popular I could walk down the street and shoot someone and it wouldn't affect my chances. Little did we know that's actually just true. Yeah. Because so many things have happened and he just strolls on through them saying, yeah. nah, that, that, that didn't happen. Fucking, it did though. Yeah. Um, we have it on video. Um, and it's, it's, oh no, it's so strange. The way, the way that like, you know, when he was over in England hmm. and the streets were full of protesters holding up signs saying, you're a moron. Yeah. And he's just like, well, actually they were all there to greet me. Now, what I don't understand is in a room full of journalists in a press conference and he's saying, actually hmm. they're all there to greet me. They're all on my side. Why doesn't every journalist just go, no, they weren't. And then you just keep yelling at him until he loses his mind. Like, I don't understand why everyone goes, oh, he said this thing that's blatantly no, wrong. No, Willie and Doublespeak is fine, yeah. yeah. Well, it's also like, I mean, it's capitalism. It's all the journalists, like, can't afford to have their press access revoked. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, really, capitalism is the, yeah. <laughs> the main cause of a lot of this shit. Hmm. Hmm. So this has been a good cheery episode of Buzz and the Key of Springfield. Oh, my favourite line of the episode is right at the end when Bob is getting arrested at the courthouse and he's like briefly surprised. I go, yes, all that stuff I did. Yes. I like that. That's good. Uh, I feel like I used that in a tweet recently that did quite well, but I can't remember what the lead into it was. Oh, very good. There's a a fairly... Because it's a mood. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's a fairly grim uh, meme that's kind of similar to that. Remember there was that guy with orange hair that broke into a cinema and started shooting people? Yeah. Yeah, vaguely. It was maybe eight or, eight or nine years ago. But there's there's two photos of him, and in one of them, he's looking very serious and confused and eyebrows down. Uh, and the caption is, wait, why am I in court handcuffed? And then the next photo is like him, big eyes, eyebrows yeah. up. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right, the murders. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We're not quite as funny. That's right. Real I, people I'm remembering now. I made the tweet. It was like I was hung over. Oh, uh, it was something yes. along the lines of like, you know, when you wake up and you're trying to figure out why you feel so bad after a big night. Oh, all those yeah. things I did. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So that is uh, such a Bob Roberts, which is, I'm going to say your second least favorite episode of the season so far. It's because you saw me write my list down. No, I just can tell. You're good. <laughs> We've just discussed it and the other episodes. You're very, very good. <laughs> this is going to be, should we keep doing this throughout the season where I just keep predicting Yeah, where they're fitting in I'm, your list? I'm, I'm very happy for that to keep happening. Okay. All right, good. Except I've just realised the issue with doing this is it means that when it gets time to do the t- the final top five, it's going to be much harder for me to put it in an episode of Seinfeld or Friends or, f- or You're whatever. You're just going to do it anyway. Because I don't respect the format <laughs> of top fives. There's going to be like five David Attenborough documentaries or something. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, my number two is a uh, Colony of the Ants, which I think it? is the name of a oh, episode. <laughs> okay, sorry, I was very confused for a moment there. I thought you meant your number two favorite quote after. Oh yes, all the things I did. And then my number one is that uh, that one trailer for Ant Man. There's just uh, Paul Rudd and uh, what's his face, the older guy, Michael Douglas. Uh, clapping their hands along saying, Ants, have you seen this trailer? No. I'll show it to you afterwards. What is this? You're going to like it. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so this will be Pose of the Key of Springfield, a uh, politics podcast, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, don't vote Republican. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the places, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, our email address is Pose of the Key of Springfield at gmail.com. I feel like we give out that email address a dis disproportionate number of times to how many emails we receive yeah we don't really ask people to get in contact for any reason though like we don't read out emails we don't yeah, hold no. competitions really i just i just don't get like why we read the email out every week when no one ever contacts us on it just in case just in case uh one of the a lot of green network and uh was at wassle you smarmy bastards very good <laughs> big shoes to fill big, big shoes to fill big shoes to fill it's worse every time. <laughs> Big shows to fill. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Other size 12. Alright, alright, alright. How many of our recordings start with that combination? God, too many at this point. Too many. You know me, I've only seen, what, like five movies? I just repeat them over and over again. They're all star Matthew McConaughey, Dad. Yeah. That's my role on the podcast, the guy who hasn't seen any movies. Uh, if you could only watch five Matthew McConaughey movies, which ones would you choose? I would need to spend a long time looking at a list of Matthew McConaughey movies. And I'm not sure I'd recognise any. Is he in... Okay, let me see if I can guess. Is he in Dazed and Confused? Yes, he is. That's the alright, alright, alright one. Is that also the one where he says... That's the good thing about high school girls. Yeah, I keep getting older. They stay the same age. Yeah, yeah. Is that some kind of um, omelette universe where the students of this high school do not age? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Yeah, He's the only one who's aging in that world. Imagine being the only one aging in your world. Hmm. Imagine that. I'm trying to. Because you wouldn't be able to buy a birthday card for yourself because no one else has the use for them because they no longer age. Well, you, would you still celebrate your birthday? When we say they're an age, we mean like they literally do not get older? They do not get older. Okay. So they do not grow old? So do you still celebrate a lap of the sun? If you're like in Peter Pan well, but you're like not a Peter Pan figure. Yeah. That's some be, sort of non-Peter Pan. I reckon they'd be called sun lap cards. You're a Peter Pot. Yeah, for what? What? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, which actually is Disney just doing a whitewashing of the more traditional Asian story, Peter Wok. Um... <laughs> Now, when you say... Did you say Sunlapper cards? Mm. There is 150% like a young adult novel out there somewhere that's using the phrase Sunlappers. Sunlappers. To refer to people who age. Yeah. That would be... Right in. Yeah. Definitely that is a thing that exists somewhere. I've never seen it, but I can say with some confidence somebody will have done that. Mm. Frankly, I support them. Yeah. What are the other McConaughey films? Do you... um, you know um, Harmony Korine, your favourite director, the guy who made uh, Spring Breakers. Spring Break! He had a film that came out this year, did not get an Australian release, oh, as far as I can the, tell. The, the surfing f- movie? The Beach Bum. The Beach Bum, yeah. yeah. 
One of the podcasts I listened to spent a lot of time talking about that movie. I would like to see it. I'm hoping it'll get a release at some point or some sort of release here. Right. The Mamma Conaghy plays the eponymous beach bum. Yeah, just a big old yeah. bum. Yeah, he says something about he's going to raw dog life. I don't know. The trailer was fun. Huh. What else has he been in? The Lincoln Lawyer, your favourite movie. Okay, about a lawyer that drives a car called a, a Lincoln. Actually, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, really? Although he doesn't drive it. <clears throat> he likes he gets a driver to drive him around. Oh. Like, right, all right, all right. Take me to the law case. I need a ride, a ride, a ride. I can practice my law. And uh, let's see, he was in Interstellar, a movie that I don't much care for. Okay. But a lot of people really like. Like, all right, all right, all right, I gotta go into space now. He doesn't do this in every film, does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, come on. I mean, he doesn't. It's a little tedious. It's a bit like the guy from, um, the guy from Are You Being Served? John Inman. Sure. He was the one in Are You Being Served who was always like, you know, Mr. Humphrey, is you free? I'm free. He he was that, that guy. Sure. And then he went on and just used that catchphrase in other things. Like, he'd be appearing in... In, uh, his phrase is, I am free. I am free. Yeah. Are you not familiar with how you're being served? No. Oh, it's one of those, like, bawdry British commies, <laughs> comedies. I've seen a bit of Faulty Towers. I like Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers is alarmingly <clears throat> good. Yeah. Um, I was telling someone the other day, uh, Faulty Towers, uh, and they said, you know, oh, yeah, you know, it's great. And I, I pointed out to them there was only 12 episodes of it. There are yeah. two seasons of six. And they didn't believe me. They were like, no, there's more than that. And I'm like, there's fucking... There's but not, that's though. like the entire joke about UK sitcoms is they only yeah. work for 12 episodes. It's like the thing we exactly. say about them. Mm. And it's is also, Matthew McConaughey in Faulty Towers? Alright, alright, alright. I just need a no. room here. No. So we stop making this joke. It's not even a joke anymore. There are... I think there are only two Americans in Faulty Towers. Sure. They make an appearance as guests and they complain about a Waldorf salad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's a very American thing to do, to rock up to a, a hotel and go, do you have this on your menu? No? Well, I want it anyway. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I would like a Waldorf salad, though. I'm not sure that I would. No, okay, fair. 